0: This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca/join to find out more of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at EnergeticCity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Uh, Welcome to the program. Later on, we're going to be talking to Chris Wheeler, the
1: co-founder of Bees Cause. Uh, They help with bee health around the province, and the B.C. government is doing another round of doling out funds for that. So we're going to talk a bit about what they do at Bees Cause and how you can get involved and maybe get in on uh, some of that funding. First up, though, we've got Alan Yu, the founder and chairman of Fort St. John for LNG. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Bob. Thank you for having me. Good morning, Fort St. John. (laughs) Thanks so much for taking time out to uh, talk to us uh, today, Alan. Now, uh, the Wet'suwet'en hereditary chiefs, controversial uh, people who've kind of been, there's been protests erupting up all around the country because there are some of the chiefs were against the Coastal GasLink pipeline going through uh, their traditional lands. Protests have been popping up in Edmonton in the east, blocking railways and uh, rail lines and uh, perhaps causing some uh, economic problems. And so you decided to uh, hold a rally for Canada in uh, Fort St. John this Saturday, originally for last Saturday, but you bumped it back a week. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about that rally and what it means and what it's about.
2: So, okay, so tomorrow we will be having a rally for Canada mm-hmm. at high noon, February 29th at the corner of 100th Street and 100th Avenue. Uh, this is a rally in support of the majority mm-hmm. of the Wet'suwet'en, and also we would like to show our support for Coastal Gas Link. I see. Uh,
1: why did you feel that this sort of rally, maybe even counter-protest might be another way of putting it, was an effective way to voice your concern on this because it's we're seeing a lot about the rallies where it's blockades against the, the the pipeline this is in support of it and sort of against
2: kind of those rallies as well why is this the way you want to voice your concern what did you think this was important to do I see. So this is exactly the situation why I started for St. John for LNG mm-hmm. uh, around um, five years ago because uh, there are always the voice of no, those mm-hmm. who are against LNG, but there are no people showing social license or approval for LNG. So uh, in this rally tomorrow, we will be doing the same. Uh, there are a lot of protests, but there are no vocal people who speak against these uh, protests, these illegal protests. Mm-hmm. They are no longer peaceful and they are very, very disruptive. Uh, f- around 1,500 uh, the railway jobs, have, uh, well, people have been laid off, mm-hmm. and uh, these protests have been delaying people getting to work and going back home, and it is disrupting the uh, daily lives of Canadians. So it's about time that uh, the uh, silent majority speak up that there are, we need to have this thing stopped. Okay. At what point did it become uh
1: apparent to you that you wanted to have this protest? It, was it the fact that the blockades were going on so long? Uh I mean, it, was it that in general you thought the kind of you've already mentioned this that that side of the story needed to be heard as well or was it more of a you saw it as a point it, it kind of passed a point where it's like okay, this is we now need to
2: step up because maybe they went too far, Is that, how do you see that? Well, they have gone too far. It's, uh, well, the uh, federal government, provincial government, the local government, and uh, the RCMP, they have shown maximum tolerance for this illegal protest. Mm-hmm. However, they have gone uh, too far. They are no longer peaceful, they are already disruptive. So, uh, yeah, and uh, it's, I'm a bit disappointed because there are criminal acts that uh, are being violated right away. and. I I'm really surprised why the RCMP, they have to wait for injunctions, Mm -hmm. whereas they can easily enforce the law right away. There is the Railway Act, there is the Criminal Act of Canada that uh, these protesters are immediately violating. And yet, the RCMP, they have to wait for court injunctions. And uh, even if they have uh, court injunctions, they do not implement it right away. And so, uh, as a source of uh, this delay of uh, enforcement, people's lives are being negatively uh, affected. Okay.
1: Do you think then that perhaps they should be taking a different tact, perhaps these protesters, to get their voice heard? Or do you think? Do you kind of? I guess my question is: What do you think of their protest in 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 principle? Do you have
2: a problem with it, or is it how they're going about it that really bothers you? Well, we do have the right to protest, it is is our constitutional right. However, uh, it is not devoid of uh, any rules. Mm -hmm. There are peaceful uh, protests, like uh, you can be on the side of the road. You do not block the road, Mm -hmm. and yeah, that's basically it. Do a peaceful protest like what we are doing tomorrow. Everything is within the law. We have a rally permit. They do not. We on we are uh, we stay away from the road. We do not block anyone, and they do. Okay. Now you kind of mentioned the kind of foundation, the founding of
1: FSJ for LNG. Can you expand on that a bit. I mean, you said you you kind of started it in the first place about five years ago because you wanted uh, a voice for the other side of the story, the voice that says yes, LNG is good and for these many reasons.
2: Yes. So uh, I was reading in the news before that uh, there's a lot of people who are groups, well-funded groups, who are saying no to LNG, but. There is nothing. There's mm-hmm. no one in, uh, well, in our region and in BC, who are showing support for LNG. And uh, I believe that we are one of the first few grassroots movements in BC that uh, show their support for LNG, and then eventually all of uh, hydrocarbons. I see. And uh, so, by doing this rally, I mean, is
1: your is your objective to maybe show the people of Fort St John who seem to be overwhelmingly kind of in favor of LNG in general that you're out there doing this or is it is it more that you're hoping hoping that the premier sees this in in the lower mainland that there are people who are against this in sort of the, the beginning of the whole pathway of LNG that goes to the coast from here, and, and kind of
2: the, fir- the start of it, where the pipeline begins. Well, our first message, would uh, I'd like the uh, first message to reach the RCMP. Mm-hmm. We would like to see immediate enforcement of the Criminal Act and the railway rules that we have here in Canada. Secondly, I'd like, to, uh, I'd like this rally to be a start for the rest of the Canadians to show their disgust as to what is happening. And uh, this is also a message for the RCMP, of course, the uh, BC government and the federal government that uh, our lives are being affected and something has to be done. We cannot wait anymore. These delays are affecting the uh, uh, economy and jobs in Canada. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not gonna
1: say I know much about this, but of course the uh, Wet Sweat and Hereditary Chiefs are meeting. With the uh, provincial, and the federal uh, environment minister today, they're planning to meet again. They met yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure how long these talks are supposed to go on. Uh, I mean, do you still hold this rally if, say, later today they come out and they say, "Up, oh, we've made a deal. Everything's going to be coming down the blockades. We've, we've kind of sorted out how we're going to move forward." Do you still hold the rally in that case and say, "Hey, we're still obviously in support of this project at FSJ." And we're glad that uh, there was a resolution that came
2: to it? Well, we would always be glad that a resolution would uh, be reached. However, uh, we feel that it is this illegal rallies are not just about the Wet'suwet'en anymore. Mm -hmm. The anarchists and the extremists have been taking advantage of this. We have of course seen uh, something in the news yesterday that uh, groups who were uh, pro-advocates for housing have shifted to this Mm -hmm. and uh, there is a group that's uh, advocating shutdown Canada and I don't think they will immediately stop.
1: Okay, so this this isn't just about this, this is about the larger sort of uh, problem as you see it of essentially RCMP letting people get away with this sort of illegal protesting. That is,
2: that is true. It's uh, what we'd like to convey in a rally tomorrow is that the uh, rule has to be, the law has to be enforced right away.
1: Okay. All right. Well, uh, tell us a bit more about the rally. You said it was at high noon at uh, kind of right downtown here, right near the Moose studios. What do you need to do to bring if you've uh, uh, never Did at a protest or a rally before.
2: I see. So we'd we'd like to uh, invite people here in Fort St. John and the nearby area to come over and uh, show your support for the majority of the uh, Mm Wet'suwet'en and uh, show your support for the uh, gas industry that we have here in Fort St. John and Northeast B.C. We are, of course, the uh, upstream for... Coastal Gas Link and LNG Canada, and uh, our jobs are at stake. The uh, jobs of our children are at stake. So uh, w- uh, I would like to encourage you to come down and show your support for uh, our jobs and our the Canada's future okay
1: all right alan well we're gonna have to leave it there but i appreciate you coming by to tell us a bit about the rally and uh what you guys are about thank you so much thank you very much for having me now you're very welcome all right uh we're gonna have chris wheeler the co-founder of bees cause coming up next right here on moose talks for
2: st john co presents buddy. the live broadcast of the 46th annual CBC. on facebook
0: or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca
1: Welcome back to moose talks. I'm dub Craig. Uh, we've got Chris Wheeler here. Now the co-founder of bees cause joining us this morning. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thanks so much for uh, coming here. I know you were uh, down South until yesterday, so I'm glad you uh, made the time to come talk to us. Uh, so, uh, I've heard about your uh, business before. Um, The reason I kind of thought about having you on is because the government announced that they're uh, kind of doling out funding that uh, will help bee or support bee health around the province. So why don't we start with what you do at Bee's Cause.
3: All right, uh, so we have... um we sell a bracelet online mm-hmm. with, that, uh, with the sale of the bracelet. We then generate some money into our company, which in turn allows us to buy wooden hives and then populate the hives with a nucleus of a queen and about a pound of bees. Mm-hmm. We then take them Hi, uh, full hives or part hives i mean and take them out to uh volunteers that want to foster them in their backyards okay all around the province wow yeah
1: okay so you're based here but you kind of work province right, wide essentially
3: yeah you bet we had hives um five hives in edmonton last year we had hives in the uh, central interior about five of them again about five on the lower mainland and around vancouver about a dozen on vancouver island and then the rest of them were all uh out through the peace country here um our wonderful mayor laurie ackerman even had one in her backyard this year oh wonderful uh why did you want to start this company kind of in the first place what was your onus behind that well my business partner morris uh and myself were talking one day we we're both oil patch workers and uh we were just sitting around talking having a coffee and he is a beekeeper um, okay. has had bees for a while, and I was just curious why people don't have uh, uh urban uh, hives right so uh with the cost and the upkeep and wintering them it's a it's a bit of a process and then uh, and it costs money uh the other thing is. Uh, you're not guaranteed that they're going to survive the winter. So if you have a hive collapse on you, then you have to start over again and sterilize it and, and get a new bees. So it, it, it's cost uh, more than anything, I think. I see. Yeah. So um, we're I was looking at how can we do it. So we're trying to generate an economy with the sale of our bees cause bracelet at beescause.com. Um, Again, with that money, 100% of it goes to our Foster High program. I see.
1: Now, I mean, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but we've kind of heard this message now. I think uh, Honey Nut Cheerios had a thing about it for uh, a time, if I remember right. Uh, Bee health seems to be declining in general in the world. So is this kind of your trying to help out that cause in that maybe if it's a population thing or what have you at least they have homes to be in and and are able to kind of live out winters as you say
3: yeah yeah um so we take up a huge footprint as human beings now i think we're encroaching on so much space right so if we can get the pollinators back into our urban environment i think it'll just in general be a good healthy thing for everything around us the so trees the plants the flowers right not only that but it we're noticing with this last year it brings up a lot of conversation mm-hmm. and awareness of what you're doing personally to uh, for the environment right um how you can better your yard by not using pesticides and herbicides um let it be a little more wild it doesn't have to look like a uh, golf green um, and 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 just general food too. I mean, what you're eating. Um, people are, you know, uh, doing a lot more raised flower beds or um, uh, planting beds in their backyard. I see. So yeah, it, it it brings a lot of conversation when people come over to some of these foster hive homes and they see a hive in the backyard and a barbecue or a, you know a weekend party or something like that. It, it gets people talking, and uh, I think with that awareness and education, um, we can we can make a significant change. Absolutely, and I mean
1: pollinators are so important to. The food we eat in general, I mean, it, it uh, it's what we eat, it's what the things we eat are eating. Uh, pollinators are responsible for that, so this is sort of helping to hopefully stem the tide and, and make it better for them. Uh, I, you've obviously heard about this government funding. It's not the first time they've done it. Can you tell us a bit about uh, what it is? Does it support sort of uh, uh,
3: businesses like yours? Um, I hope so. I'm going to be sending in my application this weekend uh, mm-hmm. for the company, Uh um, but you're right up on energeticcity.ca, it was bang on. Yeah, um, they've it's a four year program, it's a hundred thousand dollars a year, so four hundred thousand in total. Uh, in the last couple of years, they spent about hundred and seventy some odd thousand, so they're pretty close to a hundred each year. Uh, but it's uh, it's generated for um, regional or community type businesses, it's not for the big uh, bee maids or anything like that. Um, so how we can better the bee health, um, how we can um. I think it's it's more out of the box thinking from individuals that, you know, better ways to win for them. What can we do to um, help the bees get past varroa mite? Uh, just all sorts of bee health. They're looking to, I think they're just looking for anybody and anything that has a good positive idea to come forward and uh, and put their name in the hat to to have a bit of funding, right?
1: Yeah, and that is there. Do you think the government's doing enough? Would you like to see them do more on this to kind of support bee health? I think we
3: could all like to see a little bit better. But Mm -hmm. um, I think with the government, we all know there's a lot of red tape and their hands are tied in so many ways. So maybe more grants, maybe, um, you know, uh, to continue with this, maybe upping the money a little bit and getting more instead of just, you know, maximum, say, 20 a year. Maybe we can get 30 or 40 a year and and get more people doing it. I think uh, the more we do, the better we'll be okay
1: now uh, you mentioned this earlier you kind of when you sign on to do this to foster a hive you know you have a hive in your backyard uh I mean, you think of beekeeping, you think of the big hat and that sort of moving stuff around. Uh, That's not
3: really what's involved when you foster a hive, right? It just kind of lives in your backyard? Yeah, um, it lives in your backyard. Uh, You don't have to do anything with the hive. We come and maintain it. We'll we'll come and do periodic checkups on it. We um, come around and remove full honey frames in the summertime and give them more room by putting empty frames and stuff like that. Uh, One thing we do do with our bees is that we do feed our honey back to the bees. We don't supplement them. Mm -hmm. If they run out of food and we don't have enough honey, of course, we'll supplement them. But we like to give them their food back. That's what they eat. Um, But, yeah, we we come around, maintain them, and then at the end of the season, we gather them up. Um, This year, we took our hives to uh, a friend of mine and lent us a bit of property uh, in Lake Country. So, uh, yeah, they had a better winter than I did this year. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) but yeah, uh, we maintain them, and then in the spring, we'll go and put some more out. So we'll... Some of them will come back to some of the people that have had them, and as we generate more hives, we'll collect uh, the information on online and and what's logistically good for us. Then we'll we'll continue with their hives uh, in people's backyards. So, but you're right; they don't have to do much. Um, they enjoy them. Uh, a lot of people are calling it BTV. Yeah, they come home and have a nice cold beer after hard day's work, and go look at the girls flying in and out and big pollen legs, and yeah, it's very interesting.
1: Has <laughs> there uh, have people uh, been able to say they've you know, there's benefit to you feel good about you're helping a cause, right? Has there been a benefit to, like, flowers and, and trees in their in the yards where they've noticed that suddenly because the bees are right there that they, they've they've seen it spruce up maybe more? Or?
3: Yeah, um, we've had a lot of really positive feedback from just about everybody that's had them in the yards, but on this last trip south here this week, um, I talked to one gentleman and on the very south end of Kelowna there, Paul and uh, his wife noticed a huge increase in their fruit trees this year no kidding yeah okay. and he he brought that up while we were doing a hive inspection on the weekend he was at home with his kids and yeah he was like i've never had anything like this in the years that i think they've been in their house five years and wow yeah so the nice thing is with the pollination we did last year it'll carry forward to this year so
1: okay and uh, do you need a lot of space to be able to have one of these foster hives in
3: your yard or does that really matter no um the bees, you know, the, the hive itself doesn't take up much room. We do put them on a stand to get them off the ground for to get away from dogs and cats and small toddlers, right? Mm-hmm. But um, it doesn't take up much space at all. The bees will go out and forage for their food. Uh, they'll fly up to six kilometers for food and water. The closer, the better, obviously, so they don't have to go as far to get their fuel, but um yeah it doesn 't take up much room at all um and believe it or not, we had no stings uh or bites this year from any of our hives at uh, any of our foster homes so wow, yeah and uh, one lady here in town had her hive uh wasn 't more than five feet away from a little um backyard playground for her grandkids hmm. and yeah there wasn 't one we d had never had one incident, so wow they 're a lot different they 're not wasps, and yeah. a lot of people get <laughs> get the get the lines crossed there right so yeah. I gotcha. Okay, well,
1: if uh, we're interested in uh, uh, maybe fostering a hive, becoming a foster parent for bees, uh, or uh, getting uh, maybe the bracelet to help kind of support bees cause, how can people
3: do that? Uh, Go to our website, beescause.com. Everything's there, all the information, a little write-up on Morris and myself. uh, There's an application form for Mm. fostering hives. And uh, there's also the buy button for our bracelet. So, yeah, please do. Um, the more money we can generate, the more hives we can get out there. Um, it's all based on money, just like everything else is these days, right? So Absolutely. So, yeah, it takes money to generate everything nowadays. So.
1: And we were sort of talking before you came on here. Uh, this is kind of the time to be applying because, you know, come spring, this will be when you'll be bringing the hives. Uh, The bee's kind of a up here, right?
3: Yeah, you bet. Um, Anytime's a good time to apply. We love to have feedback. Um, We love to hear people's comments. Uh, But yeah, uh, now's a good time to throw your name in the hat. Uh, Wouldn't hurt. Um, And now's a good time to buy a bracelet. That's always good. Um, But yeah, and we're also on social media. We have uh, an Instagram account or Facebook account as well. So anybody that can share and like us and ask their friends to keep sharing and get our name out there certainly helps. Every little bit helps. Wonderful. All right, Chris. Well, thank you so much for stopping by to chat with us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. That's Chris Wheeler,
1: the co-founder of Bee's Cause. All right. We'll be right back to wrap things up on Moose Talks right after this do you spend hours managing the complicated this is moose talks
0: with dub craig
1: on moose fm our thanks again to alan you the founder and chairman of fsj for lng for stopping by to talk a bit about the rally for canada planned for again tomorrow at noon in downtown fort st john and for chris wheeler the co-founder of bees cause talking about beekeeping and how you can foster a hive right in your backyard it's just, it's just wonderful. Uh, make sure you check out Bees Cause, uh, the website, for that uh, more information. Uh, as well, I just wanted to quickly mention as we wrap up here, I'll be taking part in the Coldest Night of the Year fundraiser for Community Bridge tomorrow night. You can still get involved as well. Walk 2, 5, or 10K tomorrow, followed by a delicious chili dinner. That's how they got me. Uh, if you haven't yet, you can register to take part either at uh, c- uh, org or Just register tomorrow between 4 and 5 at NLC right before the walk starts. It just costs you $25, and that money, again, goes to uh, support Community Bridge and their great uh, programs here in town. Moose Talks is produced by Tracy Tees with studio
0: production by Adam Rayburn. I'm Dub Craig. Keep being awesome. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace.